Hello and welcome to Women on the Scene. I'm your host, Janet Pettigrew. We began our podcast series with She's Got the Look, which explored a whole series of tips and systems to get your makeup, hair and wardrobe in order. And when we finished, we realised that 30 minutes was seriously way too short a time to get the whole kind of shabamabam look in place. So we're back and we're talking shoes, nails, jewellery, canes, wallets and so much more. I now have my resident fashionista with me, Sinead Quinn, and unfortunately, Jackie Underwood, who joined us the first time sick today, so we hope she gets better soon. But Sinead is going to walk us through the do's, the don'ts, the what's news, and the how-to of fashion and accessories. So, Sinead, do you want to just give a very quick introduction for those who haven't maybe heard the first of our series? Yeah. Okay, thanks, Janet, for having me back. I'm Sinead. I'm an occupational therapist who works here at Visibility in the assistive technology department. So I work with people who, any issues they might be having, they can come and chat to us here. But on top of that, I have a vision impairment, retinitis pigmentosa. So um, certain parts of my vision are quite patchy and I struggle seeing detail and and my colour vision can be a little bit affected at times depending on the lighting. So I would just say kind of to sum up, I have low vision. So still some functional vision, but low vision, yeah. Okay. So in our first She's Got the Look, we talked about hair, nails, makeup, clothes, how to organise your wardrobe, but we didn't quite get onto shoes. So <laughs> Very important <laughs> That's in right. any lady's wardrobe. Exactly. So we don't want you padding out the house with nothing on your feet. So, Sinead, what do you look for when it comes to a good shoe? Uh, well, I talked to Jackie about some of these topics in preparation for today. So I'm going to talk a little bit about what I do, but also what what my wing woman Jackie does as well. <laughs> um, so for me, when I go shoe shopping, because I don't have a car Walking is a big part of my day and so I look for shoes that are very practical and that can, you know, do the distance and that potentially are a little bit more higher quality so they can endure the weather and all that sort of thing. So other than kind of comfort and practical, you know, for boots and shoes and sandals and things like that, depending on the weather, I also buy like a waterproof spray so that, you know, for the leathers in my shoes, you know, they can, if I walk into a puddle, it's not the end of the world, my shoe can handle it. (laughs) But talking to Jackie, we also do heels. So when I do go out, I do like to get a little fancy and wear some heels. I can wear the stilettos. So if I do do that, though, for a wedding or something, I make sure I buy those little rubber grips that you slot on the heel of the stiletto. So if you do walk on grass or on a drain or something like that, your heel doesn't get stuck in in the terrain. So it's just a bit more practical and safe, I guess, where Jackie, I think, tends to wear more block heels, so wedges or fatter block heels because they're just a bit more practical and safer, especially with Jackie having no vision. So... Mm. And then the other thing I do with my high heels is I get the grips, like a rough grip that you place on the sole of your high heel. So if you are dancing and the floor can be a bit slippery or something like that, it definitely helps me out so I don't fall over. Um, <laughs> so anything you do, I guess, when you're wearing high heels, when you have a vision impairment to not trip or fall, I would do it, um, <laughs> including actually wearing straps. So mm. I, I don't buy those open toe high heels I like ones with a strap just to strap your ankle in. So it just makes sure that the shoe definitely fits and yeah. Yeah, feel a bit more secure. 
That's it. Do you go for specific colours or do you just, mm. is that a, what kind of choices come into play when it comes to thinking about what colours you're going to choose for a shoe? Yeah, I think Jackie would agree in that we, we go a bit more practical with either blacks or beiges or something that would go with any outfit. So if I'm more summery colours, I might wear a beige kind of shoe, but obviously just being mindful of dirt, you know, can show up on that colour a bit mm. easier, where black Blacks are always a safe, safe one. Mm. Um, I, th- I believe Jackie does do some multicolors and abstract sort of colors as well, uh, but she obviously uh, wears that with a more simpler, like plainer black dress or something like that. You've had a few shoe mishaps along the way. <laughs> I think Jackie has too. Probably we, everybody has really, but yeah, <laughs> you we, were share yours? we were reminiscing on, um, well, for me with my low vision, I bought flats in black. But the, the issue with that is I grabbed my what I thought were my pair of flats, brought them to work, changed into them for work, and started walking up the hallway going, this feels a bit odd. Realised one had a slightly more of a heel on it. Um, it was still a flat, but one had a bow and one didn't. And um, <laughs> I got away with it for the day, but my uh, manager might have noticed. And then we <laughs> took a picture and celebrated the randomness of it. <laughs> where uh, Jackie, I think she... She said she won't make this mistake again. She bought two of the same shoe, one in beige and one in black, and then she happened to step out for her day wearing one of each colour <laughs> and didn't realise because obviously felt the same and, yeah. Oh, poor thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Never mind. The joys. Oh, the joys, <laughs> I know. <laughs> so to try and avoid some of those problems when it comes to putting on the wrong shoes, um, what systems have you got? Um, well, for me, I have uh, two wheelie out drawers that I've created in my wardrobe. So they kind of pull out and you can put two rows of shoes in there. So I know where I put each shoe that I'm using, more the ones I use most regularly out the front of the, the drawer and the ones I don't use in, in the back row. And then I also have for my high heels, because I don't use them as regularly, I'll have them in their original shoe boxes just stacked up. Uh, so they're easy enough to find and they're always paired up correctly. But I know Jackie has an epic system. I loved talking to her about this. So she apparently has five rows by 10 rows of a metal compartmentalized framework for all her shoes. (laughs) (laughs) So I believe you can get these sort of compartmentalized little square box shoe holders from Ikea again um, in different, like there's the material versions as wood or metal. So she's obviously got a quite a large collection one. And Why doesn't that surprise me? <laughs> not at all. And um, she says she, she manages it in uh, season and in colour. Oh, my goodness. So I think up the top she starts with all her boots and starts with the black boots and then the next row down she has like her uh, nude or beige boots and then if she has any coloured ones she kind of throws them in at the end of that section and then same with like high heels is the next kind of row down or sandals or things like that, flats. I guess they're all, she has her own system as to which row down because I guess if it's 10 rows down she can probably do, you know, top two rows boots, next row sandals. Sandals, that sort of thing to keep 
track of them. So if you've got the space in your bedroom, I reckon that's a brilliant way. But maybe for our listeners, they might not have quite as many shoes as our Jackie. I don't think anybody <laughs> apart from, you know, Imelda Marcos or maybe Kim Kardashian for, for younger oh, listeners. I should get my that. husband to listen to this because he's always complaining I have too many shoes. I should be like, nah. Nothing compared to Jackie. That's right. He just needs to go and have a look at Jackie's wardrobe and he will never complain about that to you again. Exactly. (laughs) Now, the other issue we didn't speak about before was jewellery. So we all like to wear sparkly bits and pieces. Mm. Um, But how do you coordinate and how do you actually manage when you start to get a bit of a collection of these things? You've got a bit of a system. Yeah. Um, Again, mine kind of complements my low vision. So I got gifted a kind of like a wardrobe sort of the door opens out has a mirror on the front but it's kind of a meter high sort of wardrobe that you could put all your jewelry in with <laughs> a, a jewelry wardrobe yeah exactly <laughs> with a with a black background so it's like good contrast for me um and i believe they got it from ikea and it has like you know you can hang your earrings at the top a few rows for them your necklaces and then the little um spots to put your earrings you, um this Studs. Studs, exactly. And um, bangles and things like that. So I have in my head, you know, on the right, I put my silvers and on the left, I put golds. And then like further down, I might have more coloured pearl earrings and things like that. So you, you come up with your system of like where you put things and always keep them paired. Where I believe Jackie likes to put her jewellery in Ziploc bags, so necklaces or earrings that are paired in little Ziploc ones, which I thought was quite clever. Mm. And then she has, um, again, from Ikea, a little drawer with, like, it's very small on your desk, but it's got, like, four or five drawers in it. So each level she'll put, like, her earrings in the top level, maybe her bangles in the next, necklaces in the one after that. And I think she has some anklets even in the last drawer. Of course so. she does, and I hope she's got toe rings as well because I'd be disappointed you if she didn't. You never know with Jackie. She's got some great looks. The Ziploc bag, that's a great idea of keeping everything together That's that matches, you know, your sets. Yeah, Terrific exactly, idea. yep. Now, nails is the next thing, and I'm glad you can't see because my nails are disgusting. I look like a farmer. But (laughs) I know other people do take care of their nails, but it's not my area of expertise, that's for sure. What do you do, Sinead? Yeah, um, look, nails aren't necessarily my thing either. I can be a bit neglectful, but what I have found is... If you maintain them more regularly with an emery board, whether that's a metal one or like a good quality metal one or the soft emery boards, you just, again, using that sense of touch to make sure that they're shaped in that nice smooth curve that you are looking for. And then if you continue to maintain, it means you don't have to cut them as often or ever. So that can, you know, help with safety if you're a bit nervous using clippers. Otherwise, you can always go to the shops. There's some cheaper shops, I guess, now where you can get your nails manicured and polished even. I know for a polish, I think it's only like $7 if you want to get them done. And same same for your toenails as well. Mm. If I go to paint my nails, though, I think... It's a little bit safer if you stick with either clear colours or paler colours because if you do make mistakes, it's not as obvious. Mm. But I tried this trick the other week because one of the OTs here told me about it. You put your nail polish in the fridge or the freezer and it gets nice and cold. So then when you go to apply it, you can actually feel the liquid 
on your nails as you, you know, stroke it out. Again, you're having to be quite logical with it and very careful. Like I'm trying to find the right distance of the brush tip to my nail and lining up my hand, resting against the other hand and then placing it down, feeling the cold on the tip of your nail and then stroking in small controlled movements. Mm. But if you are nervous, if you apply a little bit of Vaseline on each side of where the skin is of your nail, if there is any flecks or bits that, you know, um, drop off, at least it's not going to stick as severely to your skin if you've got a little bit of that Vaseline on either side. Yeah, it'll just wipe off once your nails are dry pretty much. Yeah, and even video magnifiers can be helpful if you've got a little bit of low vision. There's one that, you know, you can point down at your hand and it shows it on the screen. And I've had some clients who are very much into their beauty who have found it really fun and helpful to have that large image of your hands under it on the monitor so you can see exactly the colour that you're applying and uh, your nail under the magnifier, yeah. Fantastic. And I know Jackie has the most amazing nails as she's just the most amazing creature anyway. So (laughs) (laughs) I think she spends a bit of time on her nails. She does. She goes and gets uh, S&S, I believe it's called, um, like the fake nails. Yes. And then they maintain them for you. Uh, But it is a lot more maintenance. And I got them done for my wedding. And I have to say, I didn't really, I wasn't a huge fan because they affected my ability to feel and Mm. touch and rely as heavily on my hands. So like I was cutting out tactile marking for a client and usually I feel for the size of the Velcro and it was really getting in the way. So I believe Jackie's made it work, um, but she did say sometimes when she's typing, like she does make the odd mistake because of the nails. So you got to weigh it up, I think. <laughs> That's right. What's sometimes you've got to give up sort of practicality for fashion sometimes or maybe vice versa, depending on how you feel. <laughs> That's it, yeah. <laughs> now, another necessity for some people uh, is a cane. So, Sinead, what's your go-to advice when it comes to canes? Yeah, um, only this year have I started using a cane in unfamiliar environments or at night time. So I've started with a little telescopic cane. So it folds up very small and it's very cute for for a lady and it fits in most of my handbags, which is handy. But I believe, you know, the larger ones, you, you have to think about that. But if you I know with Jackie, she uses her cane like the majority of the time. So she's in her hand and not having to be in her handbag. So she uses the long cane that reaches the ground. So does mine, actually. It's just hers is a bit more robust. The other tip that I, I know my dad uses, so he uses a long cane like Jackie. And so he has a cane for day use, so just daily, everyday things. But then he, he has a good cane that's nice and clean that he uses for smart occasions. So my wedding, for example, he had a nice white one, um, just so it doesn't look as grubby, I guess, which I thought was a clever idea. And even my colleague, Emmanuel, he has a black cane that he uses for seminars and mm-hmm. fancy occasions. He thinks it looks a little bit smarter. <laughs> so um, I know that our orientation and mobility specialists here at Visibility are more than happy to help guide if you are interested in different colours and styles of canes. So they can guide that. But they have told me about Brevria is a brand of cane. I believe they're a little bit more expensive, but you can get different coloured ones. And then Ambutech has different coloured handles, but it keeps the stick of the cane the same colour. For obvious reasons, if you're going to change the colour of your cane, you just want to be mindful of, you know, the safety because of the reflective coating of the cane. And 
I think it's like a universally recognised colour, that white, red and the black handle, that that is a cane. So just communicating with society. If you do go bedazzle your cane, um, you're more than welcome to. Just be mindful, obviously, of the safety factor because I know our orientation and mobility specialists have coloured contact paper and different masking tapes that they can change the colours, like particularly for children or for different cultural reasons. If you want a different kind of coloured cane, they can help you out with that as well. There you go. You can bedazzle your cane, as you say. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> um, now, whether you're blind or sighted, I think the laws of physics don't actually seem to apply when it comes to wallets and handbags because <laughs> I reckon there's a black hole in the centre of my handbag and I can lose maybe 20 <laughs> minutes just trying to find my keys or lip gloss or glasses. Typical woman, yes. I know. No, totally relatable. So what's the go-to when it comes to wallets and handbags? Ah, again, Jackie and I had a discussion about this and we both agreed, straps and zips. So if you can get as many, you know, openings with the zips, they always make sure that I guess nothing's going to fall out and it's more controllable, whether that's a handbag or, or a wallet. And then for me, I know I definitely like a good strap on my handbag. So That's particularly relevant if I'm going out places, you know, either like a wedding or a music festival or even back in the day clubbing because you're in these environments where it is unfamiliar and having your hands free can be really useful, especially if one's holding a cane, maybe the other's holding a drink. You don't want to be having to hold clutch bags and things like that. So if you can get it with a strap. I always look to see if, you know, your fancy your wedding bags has the option of a, if it does look like a clutch, sometimes they have the straps inside that you can um, put on and then you can put it across your body. So it means you don't have to worry about it. it just, it's a bit easier. Mm. As for the wallets with coins, coins can be a bit tricky, especially fine women's wallets, you just accumulate all these coins. And uh, so for me, keeping track of the gold and the silver, if I have a wallet with the compartment down the middle, um, and making sure that compartment's attached to the base of your wallet so that if you put your gold coins in one side, you can put your silver coins in the other and they don't sneak out underneath the compartment if it's attached. And so when I receive coins back, I always just throw the gold in one and the silver in the other. Makes it a little bit easier. Mm. And then I also think about cards and trying to keep track of the so many different membership cards. So I have one spot where I put all the membership cards and then on the other side of the wallet, I have all my practical ones like my bank cards, ID, travel pass, taxi, user subsidy ID card as well. And I put my travel pass in the clear part of the card holder for the wallet so that you don't always have to take the travel pass out of your wallet. If you can just hold up the clear window of that wallet, it means you're going to be less likely to lose that travel pass because I have done it multiple times. I've taken it out, then forgotten to put it back in. And then, yeah, you've left it on the bus or something like that. So that's why I think the clear window can be useful in a wallet for that reason. Mm. 
And in a handbag, do you go for lots of zips and compartments there as well to kind of keep your stuff separated or is it just a case of rummaging? Oh, you can really vary on the bag, but I definitely like having the small little zip where I can put my keys, lipstick or, you know, um, gloss and lackeys, hairpins, things like that, all those small items that do get lost in your bag. They're more controllable in that little zip pocket. I have used bags with more individual compartments. I find I like a backpack bag for coming to work. And in that, I have the different compartments so I can find my earphones easily. Like I said, your keys easily. And then you have your main bit that you can fit your umbrella and your lunch and your larger items in. But yeah, I I know my dad, I know this is about women, but my dad, I have to laugh at him because the older he's got, the more organised he is with these sorts of things. And he comes in after a day and he's like, oh, got to go do my filing. And he's off to his uh, backpack where he files away his wallet, his keys, his cards, everything. So it's always there, no matter when he needs to leave the house, he doesn't have to go looking for anything. Oh, good good systems, (laughs) good good man. I've got a couple of handbags actually that can double as backpacks. So the way Ah. the straps are, they kind of loop right the way around the base and then come up over the top. And so when you, you can pull them and they end up being long enough to have it as a backpack, or then you can just sort of reconfigure that a different way you just by pulling the the handles oh. and then it comes to be a an over the shoulder bag so they're really handy That's clever yeah particularly for traveling because you can sort of have it as a backpack if you want to have your hands free and then if you go into say a museum where they don't let you have backpacks you just mm, reconfigure you just go Whoop, there you go it's not it's a handbag thanks very much <laughs> so clever. They're, they're very handy if you find one of those they're quite good mm now, that we also talked because you had a wedding not that far away yeah. and you're about to head off on a fantastic seven-week European odyssey with your lovely husband. <laughs> yes, I'm calling it once in a lifetime, but who knows? Oh, no, not once. <laughs> just just the first one of many is how we like to put it. Yeah. Um, and before your wedding, and you probably had a few beforehand, you also had a tan. So, uh, as in a a fake tan as opposed to the one getting yourself nice and and crispy and potentially getting a melanoma, (laughs) which no one wants, that's right. And nobody wants to look like Donald Trump either with um, orange goggle marks around the eyes. So what's the go-to when you're looking to look nice and bronzed and healthy? Yes. Well, I'll have to say I am very pale. So that's why I went looking to, to – I did a bit of research before my wedding day so I wouldn't look like an Oompa Loompa. <laughs> so I know I, a few years back I got one over in Ireland. It was called Vanity was the brand name, uh, V-A-N-I, and then the capital T. And so I knew I liked that one. It looked good on my skin tone. So I jumped on Gumtree and Googled on there um, Vanity spray tans and found there's quite a few out there, but one lady, she, um, you know, was reasonably priced at $25 and got it done through her and it was brilliant. Yeah, it looked really, really natural and probably if I needed to get it seriously done like that again, I'd just do it that way. But I know that if I'm going to do it at home, in the past I've done gradual build-up tans because I don't trust myself with the more significant, quicker tans. I've had one bad experience there where I've tried using one with a mitt and then I was all streaks the next day. It was a disaster. So no mitts, but if I do the gradual build-up, I've used the one, uh, I think it's called Jergens BB Body, but I get the medium to darker skin tone because it's quite a light 
tan anyway. So that way they don't have to apply it three or four times building it up before, you know, it's noticeable. I've had girlfriends say that they've used the Bondi Sands, which I know comes in three different styles, the spray, cream and mousse. But the spray, I wouldn't go near because that's not controllable. Like you're spraying it on and you're not not sure where it's going. I think it makes a mess in your bathroom as well. So uh, maybe like the mousse or the cream if you're going to try that. But I would say use that one with caution. Maybe have someone to help you on the first few times you try that. Or just don't bother with the tans at all. And I'm sure you'll still look gorgeous. But I just know that these days, all through high school and uni, tans were a big thing. And because I was so pale, I had no luck in the natural sun. So, (laughs) (laughs) Well, probably best not to try and bake yourself in the sun anyway. No, exactly. Australian sun, not good. Not good. Um, If you do end up a bit streaky, do you know any way that you can kind of minimise that (laughs) after the damage has been done? Yeah, I just got in the shower with one of those um, like exfoliating gloves and just gave myself a really good rub. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, with soap and stuff and it did it came off and or like it minimized it and then um like I know my mum's got the kind of like a bronzing powder um so you can like apply it and it's instant and then that way like it she was able to kind of just make sure it evened out and fixed up and looked quite okay. So, um, yeah, just scrub it off, I reckon. And <laughs> <laughs> um, what would we do without our mums? I, I know. know. <laughs> I know. She's brilliant. And we're coming into winter now, so hats and scarves can be a really useful accessory from a whole range of different reasons. Tell us what you do, Sinead. Um, Go with hats. I've always um, worn a hat generally when I'm out and about during the day with sunlight and things because I'm so light sensitive. The hat really controls what I can see, especially if I'm wearing sunglasses with it. So I've, I always have a, a cap lying around, but they're not very uh, pretty. So I always keep my eye out for like a nice sun hat, you know, where it, it might have a broader brim, but then I'm also careful not to buy the ones that are too floppy because it all it takes is a breeze of wind to come and blow the the flap back up and then it's useless because it's not creating that cap out to block the sunlight. So it has to have a fairly firm band around the hat. As for, I think you were mentioning scarves. scarves. Yeah, I love scarves. They're like my go-to accessory when all else fails. Just throw on a scarf <laughs> and they always keep you warm, especially coming into winter. Even my aunties use it to protect them from the sun in summer, like just, you know, to mind your neck and things like that. So like today I'm wearing like a light, like a pale kind of peachy pink one and it's got little gold, tiny little gold specks on it. And I think it's just really pretty. But if I'm wearing like a plainer outfit, I'll go the more patterned scarves that I've got from like India or Burma. They've got that nice like colouring and pattern in Mm. it. But if I'm wearing quite a already colourfully patterned outfit. I've got like plainer white scarves or, you know, things that just being conscious of that. So it still looks quite nice. Oh, it looks it, gorgeous. Yeah. No, and the, the, your little sparkles are sparkling across from me as oh, well. so pretty. <laughs> so pretty. <laughs> um, thank you so much, Sinead, for your insights and also um, to Jackie, who's passed on some of her insights to you as well to be able to share for our tips and strategies when it comes to this second part of She's Got the Look. And for everyone listening, I hope again that you found some gems that you can apply to your everyday life. And I'm sure that you will look absolutely fabulous. 
You've been listening to Women on the Scene and I hope that you'll join us again soon. I'm Janet Pettigrew and um, I'm off to do something about my nails. <laughs> Thanks, Janet. Thanks, Janet. It's Sinead. been a pleasure. This podcast was edited by Oliver Thompson.